0: Maryville University and Maryville Hockey present Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Caesars Entertainment. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G built right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey. Big City lifestyle, small school feel first-class hockey experience behind the mask and behind the for all of your hockey needs on ice or in line by oxy our chemical free line of cleaning product gets the funk out of your equipment or office by m drive presenting partner of what drives you m drive for energy stamina recovery by the university of arizona and by summer skates Show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad at IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh.
1: All right, well, welcome in, hockey fans, especially our club hockey fans, our ACHA hockey fans. Uh, For those of you joining us live on the Podbean app tonight, we are about an hour early. Uh, Once again, I am on the road, so uh, Scott Strandy joining you, not from Scottsdale, Arizona, but from beautiful uh, Irvine, California, where uh, it's been just gorgeous the last two days. Folks had a chance to get out and do a little... uh, uh, beach time today to uh, clear my head and, and get ready for uh, what's going to be another great AHL uh, playoff game tonight, right here at the rinks at Great Park Ice. So looking forward to that. But first we got to get started and talk some ACHA hockey. And uh, my co-host is always Stephen Marsh, running a little bit late tonight, so he'll be joining me shortly. Uh, but we will have a great guest coming on with us here in about five minutes or so. We've got the uh, media director. From the ASU women's hockey team. The newly named, I believe, media director Grace Butler is going to join me here in about five minutes. Uh, and before we jump into that, I will tell you it's graduation season, and a lot of our uh, club hockey athletes, our ACHA athletes, are graduating. So, congratulations to all the men and women who have been playing ACHA hockey over the past four or five years and are now uh, moving on into the real world, as a couple of them have said today. Um, It's great to see them getting their degrees and and working from that point forward. So we are very pleased about that. In addition to that, it's signing time. So a lot of people are signing um, their letters of intent to come on and play uh, hockey at their different universities. And, of course, Arizona State is no different than the University of Arizona or UNLV or Utah or Colorado, Colorado State. All of those schools are adding players and getting prepared to what we hope, with air quotes right there, folks, is that will be a close-to-normal season when things get started again this fall. So a lot of things still happening. Uh, If you've been with me for the last uh, 18 months or so, I've used one word uh, to describe what's happening in hockey. I've said relevancy. I think that is about as important as any word in the dictionary when it talk, comes to club sports, especially because um, during the pandemic, if you don't stay relevant, guess what happens? You uh, you become invisible to your fan base. So congratulations to all those teams that have managed to keep it going and, and moving on with their program, letting people know they're still out there and they're ready to go once the uh, pandemic clears up and we can get back on the ice and bring those great fans back into the buildings again as well. So relevancy is uh, is a term that I've used a lot, and and some teams have done it differently. Like some teams have been able to be on the ice either in small groups or um, you know maybe able to do inter-squad type things. Other places have had to do outdoor activities. Some of them have continued to do their golf tournaments and fundraisers and things like that. So that's uh, uh, all relevancy. But if if it's the people, the groups, the teams, whatever that have just stayed silent for this last. 18 months, 16 months, however it's, how long it's been, um, you're going to have a hard time getting your fan base back and getting them back quickly so that you can continue to move on and make the money that you need to make to, uh, to stay relevant. So kudos to those that are doing it, and I hope that if you haven't been doing it and you run a program that you will start doing it because uh, we want to see this game grow. That's why uh, we started this company six years ago is to grow the game of hockey in the Southwest, And we can't do it if we don't have teams, and we can't do it if we don't have fans, and we can't do it if we don't have sponsors. So get out there, get active, and let everybody know that your team is still participating and uh, will be a factor or a force in the fall. Okay, let's take one quick break. Let's come back and let's bring on that director of uh, uh, media for Arizona State women's hockey, Grace Butler, in about two minutes.
0: visit us at
1: mexicanmoonshine.com roger klein's cancion tequila award-winning taste
0: since 2011. looking for a big school college hockey experience in a small school setting then maryville university could be for you playing in the brand new 2000 seat maryville university hockey center the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men compete against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. This year, the D1 men's team will start their third season of competition, adding an ACHA D2 men's team as well as a new ACHA D1 women's team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home and give any player a varsity-level feel. Located in the suburbs of St. Louis, Maryville is the second fastest-growing private university in the country and offers both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. You're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
1: All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our good friends at Maryville University and the Maryville Hockey Saints. Scott Strandy joining you not from the familiar sights and sounds of Scottsdale, Arizona, but tonight again uh, in beautiful Irvine, California, as I get prepared for an AHL final tonight. Uh, Normally, my co-host Stephen Marsh would be with me by now. He's running a little late in traffic in Las Vegas, so we're going to move right on, and Stephen will join us when he gets here. But our pleasure tonight to introduce to you the uh, Women's Media Director for ASU Women's Hockey, Grace Butler. Grace, Scott with you tonight. Stephen will be joining us
2: shortly. How are you? Hey, Scott. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me.
1: I know it was short notice, but I thought, you know what? Uh, this is a great time to start talking hockey, and I know you're already busy because I've seen the website and I've seen the uh, the social media accounts. So first and foremost, tell us about this uh, new role for you.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited to get started with them. Um, it's a position that I was looking for, and I was so grateful that they were offering and that I got accepted. I'm very excited to start with them.
1: So as you know, Lindsay uh, Ellis has uh, worked like crazy to build this program at Arizona State. Uh, Grace, I can tell you, I met her about six years ago, and the very first day that I met her, she was uh, picking up jerseys, and she said, you wouldn't believe my house. It's full of hockey stuff. I don't even have an office to work out of yet. Uh, What a difference five or six years has made in in women's hockey in Arizona State. So tell us what, what really excites you about being able to be the media person uh, media director, coordinator, whatever word uh, we can use to uh, promote this program.
2: Yeah. Um, so right away meeting the team, they were very outgoing and um, aggressive on the ice, which I personally enjoyed watching. Um, just uh, playing our rival at GCU, um, just wanting to score goals and get out on the ice. And we didn't have the full team with us, but they just had great chemistry and I'm super excited to get the new uh, recruitments in and this camp coming up to just be together and really get the chemistry going. Cause we have a pretty exciting season season coming up with um, us not having the season. So just getting fans back into the arena to watch the girls play.
1: You know, Grace, one of the things that I love about uh, women's hockey, especially is the fact that they do so many theme nights and the people get so involved and the girls get so involved and, uh, it's really a lot of fun so so what are your thoughts about theme nights you want to keep them going obviously but are you going to add more what what's going to happen
2: um so for theme nights um i get uh we're probably going to keep the ones still going i haven't really come up with any yet but i'm excited to pitch my ideas and see what the team wants we're actually talking about doing a uh, tiktok account cuz the girls are super excited and that's oh, the nice. new thing right now is tiktok
1: yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, you see that everywhere, I see the Diamondbacks have it after every win, David Peralta is involved in getting that rolling. in, so uh, the use of social media has become very, very popular, um, and that's part of the thing that draws you in as a fan base, but uh, when you look at women's hockey and the growth of it, and I know you're a big hockey fan as well in the NHL and everything else, but, but tell us about the growth of women's hockey in your eyes, uh, how, how proud are you to say that you're a part of it?
2: Oh, I'm very proud. Um, These girls have just reached out to many other people, not even in Arizona, but to other states to come play for ASU. Um, Our program has grown so much in the past four years since we started. The seniors leaving us have left an amazing impact, and I can't wait to see how much we grow in the future.
1: So when you look at, at what's happening at Arizona State, obviously there's a new building coming in in a year or so, and hopefully you guys are going to be able to move over there and play in there as well. But one thing I always talk about when I have Lindsay on or whoever uh, is the dedication that the girls have, the women have, to come out and pray, play and practice at incredible hours. I mean, they're on the ice. At, I get there at 8.30 sometimes, and, and they're done. <laughs> so what 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 do you think about that? what it takes to uh, – to do that as not only an athlete, but a student athlete.
2: Oh yeah. I, um, yeah, our practices are at seven, uh, Tuesday, Thursday. So we're definitely not, uh, normal <laughs> hours. Um, they really get out there cause they can't practice during the day with school. So I'm just very impressed that they're able to do well in school and on the ice they're performed extremely well. Um, and games are super late too at night. So the fact that they, are dedicated to travel and just spending a lot of time uh, training and practicing is incredible.
1: So you guys play your games at Oceanside, and I know a lot of times that place is packed to watch the girls or women play because uh, they have such great fan support. But that small, confined, com- you know, confined environment really turns uh, turns things up when the opponent comes into town. So how important is home ice for you guys?
2: Home ice is pretty important. Um, I liked how they said in the new arena they're going to keep the popcorn ceiling to kind of keep that homey feeling. <laughs> right. um, Oceanside gets incredibly packed, and, but I'm super excited for the new arena because I just can't wait to have more people in there, and especially for women's hockey cheering them on.
1: Okay, I think I got my co-host, Stephen Marsh, with me, uh, fighting through the traffic of Las Vegas. So, uh, Stephen, if you're with us and you want to jump in with a question, feel free to. We've got Grace Butler joining us, the uh, – Media Director for ASU Women's Hockey. Um, I'll start it off, Grace, because I know you're also involved with the 942 Crew. So for those people that don't know about the 942 Crew, tell us how important they are to athletics at Arizona State University.
2: I heard about 942 Crew even before I went to ASU. They are (laughs) an incredible organization. Um, I work in their social media as their junior chair, and we have to do a lot since COVID happened. Um, We are just phenomenal with getting people involved, getting people updated on sports, getting them to the games. And at the games, it is so much fun um, with the fans there, uh, especially with the other teams, fans and players, just getting them riled up for the game. I think we make a huge impact.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I know I see uh, the crew at at hockey games uh, before COVID, and when they showed up there, it would be like they'd have T-shirts to give away, they'd have something to give away. Uh, they would fill their little section and the, uh, I guess it's the east end of Oceanside, and I'm sure they're looking forward to uh, a bigger environment uh, at a hockey arena where they can bring on more of the crew, because at Arizona State, um, athletics is a big part of that university, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and it's only grown from here.
1: So when... When we start talking about how you're going to promote this, and I'm looking at your website right now, and some of the things I think are really cool on there, not only do you have the team on there, obviously, and you're going to have your upcoming schedule when that's ready, but um, the summer camps that you talked about, you got a couple coming up. You've got a prospect development camp and then that youth camp. But uh, first and foremost, uh, tell us, if you can, a little bit about that prospect development camp coming, on in, coming up in July.
2: Um, so I... Uh. I'm not really familiar with the camps. I do more (laughs) of uh, practices and uh, games for the
1: team. Okay. Okay, well, I'll tell you what I know about it, because uh, the prospect camp is where they uh, really start looking for players, and it doesn't necessarily mean players for this season. It means players for future seasons, and uh, by them getting out and doing that, I know uh, a few years ago, Lindsay uh, went up to uh, Minnesota and, uh, and ran a camp up there, and then uh, now I think she can just run them right here at Oceanside and people are just going to come cause they know about women's hockey at Arizona state.
2: Yeah. I saw, um, some of the prospects that we just got, um, they're, I'm super excited for them to join. And it looked like from the comments on social media, also the girls are super excited for them.
1: Yeah. And it's a, it's a really big thing. Stephen, you got some questions for, uh, for grace.
3: Uh, I do. Yes. Uh, I- I guess I I hopefully won't this won't be something you've already asked because I jumped on a little bit late but um, I did hear a little bit about how you know you talked about TikTok and social media and how how big of a how big that is now in in promoting a team or promoting uh, a brand or a business or something Um, I guess what what is the um, what is the biggest part about uh, using social media like what's the if you had to give like what are some things that you hope to be able to do with the team? You said TikTok, but like, as the season goes on, like, like what are some of the the, the, the content that brings the most eyeballs to, to a, to a social media platform?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I'm hoping to do more um, live tweeting and get people more um, interactive who can't make the games. And uh, especially with COVID not being logged into arenas. Um, And then also just uh, photography, videography, um, they had that in the past, but just to have a person kind of there updating it and uh, keeping everyone um, up to date, even on the camps. Uh, I'm not really involved in that, but I still have to post um, updates and kind of what's going on to keep everyone in the loop. So just kind of uh, I mainly think with COVID um, not being able to be there in person. So social media helps a lot with uh, uh, updating things and keeping everybody in uh, interacting you
1: know and and that kind of goes back to that term relevancy I don't know if you heard me talking about that at the open of the show but um, a lot of schools a lot of clubs a lot of programs um, tried to stay as relevant as they could whether it was doing stuff off the ice or on the ice but social media is a big part of that too because it keeps your fans engaged correct
2: yeah it's a huge part of um, I think of just live tweeting games it's to keep people who aren't there engaged
1: Okay, so I want to ask you this, and Steven's probably got more coming up as well, but I want you to tell us a little bit about your background and how you got interested in hockey because when I look at your your Twitter account, it looks like, um, am I right in saying Avalanche and uh, Canes? Uh,
2: oh, that's for the playoffs. Um, so I actually oh. am a uh,
1: Chicago Blackhawks fan. <laughs> Mainly. <laughs> oh, nice sidestep, Grace. Good I, job. I was you gonna have... say th- those are
3: two. Those are two of the top teams right now. So she she picked some good teams there. If she just picked some teams for the playoffs, there you got the Avalanche, the bet, one of the best teams in the NHL, and then the Canes who are right there at the top of the East or I think the former East, whatever you want to. Their division that they're in this year.
1: So
2: <laughs> yeah, with the Coyotes and Hawks not making the playoffs, so had to you pick, had to pick wagon somebody, a little right? Bit.
1: Yeah. So so, so, tell us about being a Blackhawks fan Because uh, one of my friends is the captain of the Blackhawks Hasn't played in a little while now because of his illness But Jonathan Tate is a good friend of mine from years back And um, the, the Blackhawks are a, a fun team to watch Nice name
3: drop there, Scott, by the way
1: <laughs> Yeah, you're welcome He's not from Minnesota, Stephen That is
2: a shock <laughs> Uh, oh, Chicago Blackhawks! I, um, I got into hockey a little later. I didn't get a, Didn't get into it until I moved out here. But I'm from Chicago, so I had to pick my home team. And, um, I just fell in love with the players. Uh, I went to a convention in uh, 2018, 2019, and met my favorite player, Patrick Sharp. And from there, just you know, social media interest took off. Trying to get to reach out to players and. The Hawks are just a great team to connect with. They, I love the conventions that they have, um, really getting uh, the fans involved with the players.
3: So what drew, what drew you to hockey then? I mean, maybe uh, like what, like you said, you haven't always grown up following hockey, but what, what was it about hockey that, that you kind of like latched onto and said that this, this is a cool sport to follow?
2: Um, so my sister, my older sister took interest in it, and then I found out my dad played when he was younger. And so just kind of like uh, his, him and his brothers played. So just seeing photos and just him talking about his experience and just how can you not love the sport?
1: Yeah, totally. I, I grew up in northern Minnesota, just so you know. So uh, it was the land of hockey. And now they have, uh, starting with uh, this season, they'll have six NCAA men's teams within the state of Minnesota, which is almost unheard of. So the obvious question is that Arizona State, from what you know right now, How big does Arizona State women's hockey want to get, Grace? Would they like to be an NCAA program at some point?
2: I guarantee it. Um, With our size right now, we probably can't, and with how uh, inexperienced we are with four years, but we're growing like you wouldn't believe, especially with out-of-state players, and I guarantee you we will love to be an NCAA uh, team.
1: So when you think about the pitchfork and – you know, I haven't asked yet what drew you to Arizona State, but um, a lot of the uh, the players that come in here, obviously the weather is number one, but uh, there's something about that pitchfork that, that gets people excited to uh, be on an athletic program at Arizona State University. So what drew you to Arizona State?
2: Uh, well, I've lived here for a while and couldn't imagine going to Tucson, so I um, I actually <laughs> dove for, uh, ASU's club team for about six years and, uh, couldn't continue in college due to injuries, but had, had to go to my hometown school. Uh, I actually dove like right on campus. So where I'm staying in the dorms is like, I've been there for six years. So it's home to me.
3: Well, let me go with all that. So you've mentioned that you didn't want to go to Tucson and, and who really does, but what's Talk about how that rivalry between the two schools, because it's pretty intense. I mean, no matter what sport it is, whether no matter what level of, if it's NCAA or it's the ACHA level with the, with the men's side now, um, ASU doesn't like U of A and U of A doesn't like ASU. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah, I, I always say um, so my twin sister goes to U of A and I always tell her that I think ASU has a bigger rivalry with them than they do us because we're just, our love for our school is beyond anything you can imagine. We love ASU and we want to protect our grounds as much as we can.
1: So uh, I'm guessing if uh, Arizona State was able to play U of A in women's hockey, uh, we know who would win that outcome, right?
2: Yeah, that'd be pretty obvious. We'd (laughs) dominate them. (laughs)
1: uh so tell us about this rivalry that started up with grand canyon because i know that's gotten really uh really exciting over the past few years how much do you know about that
2: um i don't know much but just from watching the couple games that i went to it's it's actually like a lot of fun it's pretty i would say it's pretty much like asu u of a for any other sport we uh we always want to beat them because it's just in-state rivalry and the girls on both teams are pretty matched up so it's always fun to watch and we're pretty aggressive against them too that's that's what i like
1: (laughs) good stuff steven you got more
3: yeah so i you you're working with the social media stuff doing this media stuff with uh with uh asu women's is that kind of where you want to go in your career is that what you're studying in school and because the one thing i know i'm finding out about asu is that i live in vegas by the way but one thing i found out about asu is that the 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 media department there, the, the journalism school there, the Walter Cronkite school is a, one of the top, is top notch and, and it's, you get a good experience there. So is what do you see for yourself after school when, when that time comes?
2: I hope to go into the NHL or I don't hope I kind of expect. <laughs> um, I, I worked with <laughs> I the that. coyotes. <laughs> I, um, I did a, a shadow day with the coyote social media specialist and that's when I fell in love with it um, I had no idea it was even a career until him and I was like wow this is something I want to pursue I uh, switched from sports business to digital marketing I'm not in the Cronkite but I still get just as much um, experience and opportunities to explore what I want to do in the future
1: Yeah, that's a great opportunity. And like I said, the field is expanding so much. I mean, everywhere you go now, uh, social media promotion is nearly as big as uh, the, the day-to-day content that the uh, sports writers are doing. So, I mean, I'm here in, uh, in Irvine for the AHL uh, playoffs tonight, and when I'm sitting here and looking around me, I'm seeing people that are uh, not only regular, quote, un- <laughs> quote unquote, old-time media, but a lot of social media people, too, and I think we do a lot of that, and sometimes I think we do too much of it. Is that possible, Grace?
2: No, I don't think there's such thing as too much social media. People love to be engaged, and they can laugh about something or maybe even vote on what's a better, uh, who's going to win tonight. I think it's great to get involved. And, Scott, you don't and, and you'll really need, uh, finding out, too, now, is you don't really
3: need a, a journalism background to be really good at, at social media, as you know, she She just says she's going to go into marketing, and, and that's a lot of that is with social media. So it, before you kind of look at social media as a way to promote people's news articles or promote uh, content for a, a news site or for uh, this or that, but it's it has expanded so much over the last little while, and it, it continues to, to do so. Yeah, I think down mind? the line. Go, go ahead, Grace. No, go ahead. Um,
2: I think down the line that there will be a social media degree, but right now I don't. It's so like brand new and expanding, so they're really taking anyone from marketing to broadcasting to journalism. As long as you are interested in the field and want the opportunity, they'll give it to you.
1: So growing up as a uh, hockey fan in in Chicago and, and here in the in Arizona. Um, What did you think when ASU started a women's hockey team? What were your first thoughts? Did you think it would be successful? Did you think, oh, they're going to struggle? What what did you really think when you found out about a women's hockey program?
2: I knew we'd be successful. Um, I'm very happy that we were able to kick off uh, four years ago and just grow incredibly from there. Um, Our captains that left us have left an amazing legacy and uh, the girls are just only getting better from there. Our I love the girls' attitudes towards hockey. It's not if we win, we're good; if we lose, we're bad. It's we're here to win, and we're gonna have fun doing it. And so that's what I think makes us successful.
3: Let me let me add this. Uh, you know, when with COVID the last year, we we've I think we've come to look reflect, and we've come to really appreciate the things that maybe we took for granted. Obviously, with with sports and with other things in our lives, and obviously the ASU women not getting to to play last year and now looking like we're going to hopefully everything will be back to quote-unquote normal and there will be a season so I guess even more excitement than normal for an upcoming season with this team wouldn't that be the case
2: oh yeah that's definitely the case especially with our new arena going in just having a lot more people there and um like I've noticed from the games that I went to uh we had a lot of fan from the other side, but we had just as many from ours. And that's just what's exciting is we can get both forces in there and it just really pumps up the uh, atmosphere in there.
1: Grace, uh, are you doing a lot with the, uh, the website too, or is your uh, major role just the social media and, and things like that?
2: Uh, right now I'm just doing social media, uh, down the line, I might be doing website, but, um, so far I'm just doing social media and, uh, but, yeah, just, I'll just say social media for now.
1: Okay. So when I look at the website and uh, and I see the promotion uh, that you guys are doing with, uh, with the jerseys and the caps and sweatshirts and things like that, uh, as a social media person, how important is that for you, too, to see that side of it promoting itself to help make you uh, – give you more content, I guess, right? Yeah,
2: um, especially with the new um, – with the new season coming up, we want people at the arenas wearing our, uh, so like supporting the girls wearing our gear um, just as much as we want to post about hockey. We also got to post um, our, uh, I forgot the word, our uh, gear, our gear, our hockey gear. <laughs> Sorry about that.
1: Yeah, no problem. We talk about um, the hockey gear, but, the other thing with the girls that, that you notice is they, they don't just play games and practice. They do off-ice stuff. They do conditioning and, and, and weight training and all of that stuff to try to stay as healthy as possible. And I joked with Lindsay a few years ago. She had she didn't have enough players to uh, put together a power play or a, a penalty kill unit, so she was just getting by with as as best she could. But that's not the problem anymore. You guys have a full roster, don't you?
2: Yeah, and just looking at um looking at what we post and what the girls post, they're always out hiking, out working out. Like you said, they're always training and we are definitely a um a team to watch out for this upcoming uh season. We are just aggressive and not afraid to take hits but also give hits.
1: A lot of the girls in the past, Grace, have told me when I've talked with them that uh, they love the bus trips because it it brings them closer. I'm guessing that you're going to get on some bus trips yourself here pretty soon, so uh, any thoughts about bus trips?
2: Uh, I'm I'm excited for that, to travel with the team, especially um, looking at the schedules. They travel pretty far to the uh, Midwest, East Coast, so... It's going to be fun to kind of, yeah, get familiar with the girls. And uh, I know a couple of them and a couple of their uh, family members. So, but just to get closer together.
1: All right. So we got to know one thing before we let you go tonight. We got to know who's going to win that Stanley Cup and why.
2: Um, I'm going to go with the Canes over the Abs, And just because they're just watching it the last couple games, they're uh, – Fans are fired up, which makes the team fired up, and Jordan Stahl is just doing, leading his team to victory. So I'm going to go with the Canes.
1: Okay, you heard it first, right there, folks. Grace Butler that, says it's going to be the Canes. is throwing darts at you, by the way, because of the big Vegas cold night. Well, that'll
3: that'll make the uh, <laughs> that'll make the Caniacs very happy there. That the she I watched that game. I watched part of that some of that game, or at least the highlights of that Canes game the other day, and it was. Uh, Crazy to see that crowd, and, and it's it's so weird to say that because you know we're so used to full arenas, but just what we've gone through and just seeing how electric that atmosphere was, and and certainly the Golden Knights have had an electric atmosphere here in Vegas as well, and and uh, yeah, but that's it's not a bad choice. I mean the Canes look good, and the Avs are are a tough team, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of both those teams in the end.
1: All right, Grace, thanks so much for joining us. I look forward to meeting you in person when we uh, we get back into doing some coverage on the uh, on the ice type stuff. So keep us in mind and keep us informed, okay?
2: Will do. Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. That's Grace Butler, the new media director for ASU Women's Hockey. Yes, ASU Women's Hockey is continuing to grow and continuing to rise as, uh, is, as is Hall hockey everywhere. So Stephen and I are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and, and bring you some more Club Hockey Southwest Weekly in uh, just about two minutes. If you live in the Valley, you know that there are no
0: shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to BurritoExpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Your hometown hockey team, your Western Collegiate Hockey League champion. Your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another
2: Texas Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team.
0: Your Arizona Wildcats. Call 79141. It's now! Hi, everybody, this is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, This product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxipow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. You're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
1: All right, and we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by our friends, Maryville University and the Maryville University Saints, who Stephen Marsh, continues to add to their lineup. Every time I turn on uh, or look at social media and the Twitter account, the Maryville Saints are adding players uh, right and left. Uh, your thoughts on what's going on as far as the uh, the growth and the continuation of the arms race in the WCHL?
3: Yeah, <clears throat> definitely the case. Before that, though, uh, you said you know, you're, in, you're in Irvine, California, and you're there for a hockey reason. Of course, you're there covering the AHL well, it's not the AHL playoffs. Well, it is the AHL playoffs, but it's the Pacific Division playoffs for the American <laughs> Hockey League. Yeah, it's a hard one. But I struggle with that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not the Yeah, it's not the traditional AHL playoffs, <laughs> but it's the AHL, It's the divisional playoffs for the Pacific Division, the only division doing playoffs. But, uh, but I think I think I also know another reason you're there. You wanted to get to the beach a little bit. And I saw the picture of you there hanging out at Laguna Beach for a little bit today. How was the water?
1: Ah, well, the water was fantastic, although I didn't really get in the water. I let the water come up to my feet. That was about it. Uh, But you know what? This is my favorite place to come. I I discovered this La Quinta Hotel, which is literally two and a half minutes from Great Park Ice. And it's another 15 minutes to Laguna Beach. And to me, if you're going to come to Southern California, go to Laguna Beach. I mean, again, today there was sparse population so you can move around comfortably uh, the beach is beautiful the water's great and there's nowhere to no place to go in my mind where you can actually think about things and clear your head better than uh, with the ocean waves crashing on you so yeah it was a great two hours and uh well, i wish i could do it more often
3: well maybe we need to get some more more teams uh, in that er- in that area so you have to make you're forced to make more trips there
1: <laughs> okay so so come on, club hockey teams! You're here, Stephen. <laughs> get get out of that D2 stuff, UCLA, USC. Get up to the D1. Start playing teams like Arizona State and and UNLV and U of A. And and let's uh let's get this D1 league going a little bit. Cause yeah, I'd like to come back here more often for sure. And
3: and I know you're looking forward to the uh, start of the Palm Springs uh, AHL team. And of course, you're adding the Pacific <laughs> oh, Division yeah. teams next year. We're looking forward to trips to San Diego to cover some goals games and stuff, uh, you're just, I see, you know, the, the, there's motives, there's business motives for it, but I think there's also personal motives, too, like, I, I can get San Diego in my area, I'm, I can go down to San Diego for trips, I can go to, I can go to Palm Springs when they open up, uh, of course, Vegas, you know, I get to go to Vegas all the time. Don't forget time. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. <laughs> you, don't forget about Bakersfield. I was in Bakersfield a few weeks ago, how wonderful of a little town that is. So, anyways, we're getting off track, but I just give you art. But, no, but you're right, though. The growth of uh, the arms race is – actually, I was going to bring up some teams that uh, – or some players at Grand Canyon. We, we They've been committing some players, and I, I think we're going to see some of this, although it will be interesting to see if there is going to be a – Not as many because of the the the, we didn't have a season for a lot of these teams, and so there's there's some players that are already committed from the previous season. So you you wonder if there will be a a lot of commits coming coming through. But uh, Grand Canyon is got a few and run through a few of those. Um, First one is Jacob Cummings. He comes from the uh, Sheridan Hawks of the NA three HL. He's a uh, so welcome to him. And then another one. And you know the
1: you know the Sheridan Hawks, all right. That's uh, where. uh... Uh, chad bailey is at so there's a little bit of a push from sheridan to the southwest chad bailey involved there
3: right and then also uh, announced a couple days ago michael lewis coming from the uh, and this is kind of appropriate because you're going to watch the colorado eagles this is coming from the northern colorado eagles of the us phl premier uh, league nice. and then a vegas tie here how about this one nate moore coming from our uh, junior team here the uh, las vegas thunderbirds of the us phl Premier,
1: very good.
3: So there you go. So yeah, Grand Canyon, and then we can even go back to uh, we we mentioned that well, that's another one, and then another one from the Sheridan Hawks. This one was tweeted out on the fifth. Uh, Blake Billings, another one from Sheridan Hawks. So, and then uh, we can even go back to uh, April with uh, another one from Charlotte. So yeah, there's just Grand Canyon is is getting some reinforcements. I'm sure we're going to see stuff from UNLV, if not so much because they did a lot last last off season. So we'll, but uh, if, if last season's uh, off-season uh, commitments were any indication, and if a lot of them roll over to this season, it's still going to be a pretty competitive. Uh, it's going to be a pretty competitive season for all the teams in in the Southwest area, and of course also now expanded to Colorado and the whole WCHL as well. So should be uh, should be a lot of fun.
1: Well, I you know as as you just mentioned, uh, we are covering the, the entire WCHL. I thought we just can't leave a few teams out when we have just about all of them anyway. But and and they'll be playing in our environment, if you want to call it that, and we'll be going there, so different things will be happening. But one of the things that's really neat is that the entire WCHL has taken a step up. I joked with Chris Perry about a couple of months ago now when we had him on the show, I said, "Um, when I look at the WCHL, you might be the best conference in uh, ACHA D1 hockey, and and he thinks that, uh, yeah, they're going to challenge some of those conferences out east, so... I think it's going to be a really exciting year. I'm sorry that we missed last year, but I'm uh, excited and enthused that we're going to get what appears to be a full season this year.
3: Yeah, and if you just look at 2019, when well UNLV and wasn't in the in the in the league yet, but you had you had obviously that tournament ended up being being canceled. Well, I guess that was 2020 2021 or 2020 season. You look at uh, UNLV, a, uh, ASU, uh, U of A, we're all slated to, to be there, and then you had another team from the WCHL, a couple of them I think, also there. So um, that was like five right there. So obviously UNLV wasn't part of it, part of the league yet, but it's an incoming member, and and so that just shows you the, the level of talent in this in this league that you can maybe comfortably get four or five in. And you wonder though. If, Teams like UNLV and them come in is and they're gonna play each other more. Is it gonna? But UNLV was already playing a lot of these WCHL teams just because of the close proximity to where they were. So um, it's I don't think it's really gonna change things for them except now there's you know they'll have to play more more conference games than maybe they they were before. But they already were playing Arizona home and away. They were already playing ASU home and away. They were playing Utah home and away, and you know they were playing the Colorado schools. But there, there's some teams that they haven't played that they will get to play now and. And that's, that's going to be great because it's going to be a great, great level of hockey and, and it gives them a chance to be in a conference and actually give them a chance to, to play for something, give Arizona, U of A, a little bit more of competition um, because it's, it's a tough competition. U of A has kind of had, had this division or this league last couple of years and, and now they're going to have some more tough, tough competition down their throat there to, uh, to, to take that title away from them. So it should be fun.
1: Stephen, before you came on the show I was talking about it kind of being bittersweet this time of year because while we're excited to see what's happening and what's coming down the road for the fall uh, it's also bittersweet in the, in the fact that we're losing people we're watching them graduate I, you know I see every day about another university that's graduating players and you had a chance to see the UNLV players that were about to graduate and move on and And today U of A was posting some of their players, and I know the other schools have as well. But uh, I I just want to touch on one person. Like, when I look at Bailey Marshall, it was kind of cool. He posted today on Facebook that he said, um, how do you do this? Okay, three schools, five, uh, okay, something like three schools, five years, and one degree, and I couldn't be happier. Uh, so you see these guys that are, are, you know, even though they missed their maybe shot at a national championship uh, last year and the year before because of COVID, um, they're still moving on, right? Their life still goes on, and, and I think they've adapted well.
3: I think so. Yeah, I think I think they have, and you know, it's it is always a bittersweet time because you you've seen what they've done for the program and. In all these schools, and and now they graduate, but you know that's just the life of college athletics at any level. NCAA, or ACHA for, for for hockey here, and and it's just, it's uh, it's part of it, and and I think that's what makes what makes it great. You know, is we, we watch college athletics and we see these athletes compete in the highest stages and in competition, and then you know three or four years, you they graduate, and then you, new people come in. That's why it, it's. The, the job at the NCAA level or the job at any college level to continue to have good programs is, is tough because there's, there's a lot of work involved because you're always having to find good talent. You're always having to find, you know, good good players. And, and not that that doesn't happen at the pro level, but players, you know, are, they can stay for seven, eight years if they sign long-term deals or whatever. But college, you know, it's four years uh, and then you you move on. So it's it's not a... And if that's if a if that that's if a person stays with the team the whole time, I mean, without transferring from one school to another. That happens a lot too. So there's there's always a lot of mo- movement around. But uh, but it is always it is always nice when you you have these players, that, especially those that have been with the team from from their time from when they started school. It, it always seems to be a little bit harder, I think, because you you know how much they've brought to their program and how much they care about their program by the time they leave. You know, talking with those UNLV seniors of, a few weeks ago. Um, just how much they they love the program and and how fortunate and 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 that they were to play for for UNLV and and happy about their decision to come to UNLV and and play at at that school and and to represent that te- that team and and that university and and to get the opportunities that they've had to be on the ice, and and that's just and that's what's great about it and and also to get a good education out of it too because you know again. After, uh, their students first, athletes second, so um, that's always important too and and to see what they what they become too whether they they continue on in a sports realm if whatever it is, or whether they go in and get you know they got their degrees and they go and achieve what they need to achieve in in the real world and in different occupations and professions. so uh, yeah, it's yeah, that's what makes college, that's what makes college sports so great is because of that and uh, it's certainly uh, it's certainly great.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because uh, uh, this uh, Sunday night we had a chance to visit with coach powers at Arizona state on our uh, NCAA show. And uh, one of the things that he was doing was he was just finishing up a weekend that he had a reunion weekend from his 2014, 2015 national ACHA D one team. And uh, he was talking about the amount of players that uh, continually talk about how, how special that season was. And, he, he made a special point in talking about how all of those players have not only kept in touch with each other and with Coach Powers, but they've also done really well in their own uh, career fields in whatever they happen to be doing. So um, ACHA hockey is more than just playing a few years out of college and going, yeah, put the jersey on. These guys, especially if you have some success, really bond. And uh, I think that ACHA D1 National Championship team at Arizona State uh, in 2015 is going to go a long ways and continue to build the NCAA program because they're just so cohesive. if That's a good word to use.
3: Absolutely. And I know you've, you've said this before on our show and I think on your other podcast too with Paul is that, um, Greg powers is told you before that he's most still most proud of that ACHA championship that, in that year. And, uh, and you think you know now he's in NCAA and that, you know he's hoping to have success there and there maybe a time where he can get an NCAA championship that maybe will be more, will be better. But I even I think even if they win an NCAA championship someday, he might still look back at the ACHA one and and be really proud of that one. And is at least at the same level as the NCAA one, if not, if not more, just because of just because of what it means. And 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 it's not that it's it's more challenging maybe at an ACHA level just because of you don't have scholarships like you do at NCA level and, and and you don't have the, the necessarily the money as you would so you have to do more to try to get you know fundraise and stuff the players are paying to play at the, at, at the club level at the ACHA level so that always amazes me too is that these people come to these teams and they they have to pay to to play and, and their playing <laughs> right. time is if they're not you know there's not always a, a guarantee that they're going to get the ice time if they're not you know if they're not playing to their to that level so it's it's uh. It's, it's well,
1: really... let me throw this in there as well. I believe that group of uh, alumni from the ACHA National Championship team is looking to uh, actually get a suite, an alumni suite in the new arena so they can come back and the 10 games in the NCAA uh, era, if you will. But I believe it's all spearheaded by the uh, – and I could be wrong about this, but I think I'm, I'm pretty much right on on it, that the, the a- ACHA team is looking at uh, – chipping in to get their own uh, alumni suite that they can attend in. So that would really be cool. And in addition to that, uh, Stephen, I, I don't want to end the show without talking a little bit about why I'm here. So we got like 10 it, minutes left. So It wasn't to go to the beach, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, no, but let me tell you, um, gosh, where do I start? Um, I got up at 5 a.m. yesterday morning. I drove over here to get here for the 1 o'clock game, and I was visiting with uh, Tucson Roadrunners head coach, uh, Steve Potts, and him and I have a good friendship, and, and we were talking about it. And We didn't really know what to spe- expect uh, from these games because, as you mentioned, uh, the players are only getting uh, 48% of their salary anyway, and that's collectively uh, bargained. But But now to come in and play tournaments and – uh, we had Cheng Peng on uh, from the uh, San Jose uh, com yesterday on our show, and and he was saying that the guys um, voted 133 to eight to yeah. not participate. Yeah, there this. was.
3: I saw. I read that. Yeah, there was a Sports <laughs> Illustrated article about that. That it was it was heavily voted against the teams in this division, the players in this division, not to have a playoff, but, and they still but, went forward with one.
1: But here's the thing. That was an option that was in the collective bargaining agreement when they started this season, so they knew there was a possibility that they could have one. And uh, the, the thing that the players are most concerned about, I think, is that uh, if somebody should have a debilitating injury uh, yeah. during these playoffs, their workman's comp coverage is only going to be uh, based on the 48% of their normal salary that they're getting now. I think that's what they're most concerned with. But let me say... It was a little tentative, I thought, between San Jose and Tucson. I just didn't think they were flying around like they normally do. But that second game last night, Stephen, between Colorado and uh, Ontario was unbelievable, and and I tweeted it out and I talked about it. I am so glad I was able to see uh, Quinton Byfield play in the AHL so I could really see how good that kid is because I've seen Jamie Drysdale, so have you. Uh, I've seen uh, Trevor Zegers, so have you. But uh, Quinton Byfield is by far and away the most dominant AHL player uh, rookie that I've ever seen. I mean, he is just like a man among boys out there. And I took some pictures and kind of gives you a little bit of a feel for it. But just when he's in the face-off dot, uh, I know they're crouching, but he is like head and shoulders over the official. Uh, <laughs> he's just a, a monstrosity of a guy. He's He's so big and so strong and so physical. And that game last night, from start to finish, there was a match penalty for uh, a player from uh, the Ontario Reign uh took a fa- uh, stick right to the face of a Colorado player. And I was so proud of the officiating because, Stephen, it, it came like this. They called the major penalty. They separated the teams. They, they got the guy that was injured off and, and got the bleeding stopped on his face. And they took the, the offending player and got him off the ice quickly and there was no real shouting matches between the players or coaches. It was handled so quickly and so well. So I know we don't give enough love to the officials, so I'm going to give love right now to let them know that they did a fantastic job because that was could have been a serious injury. It turned out it was not as serious as it could have been, but uh, they got it under control right away, and the teams went back out and played and finished the game. It went to overtime. Uh, Colorado uh, scored on a, a three-on-two, kind of. A defenseman scoring, uh, uh, Barron, Justin Barron, got the winning goal. And uh, Colorado now moving on tonight to play San Jose. And the winner gets a trip to Vegas. It's kind of like a game show.
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. One thing I was kind of surprised by, and I guess I shouldn't have been, because this is technically playoff hockey, is that they're, they're going to go full-on playoff rules. So the overtime is not the... The regular season overtime oh, with the three you, on three five minutes had in the shootout. There,
1: didn't you? Well, I, I had to
3: because I had to because it was it's overtime and I I'm thinking no oh, they're not gonna do this kind of playoff. I mean I know it's the playoffs, but are they really gonna try to do a full 20 minute of uh, sudden death thing? And sure enough, I look and it was that was going that way. I'm like wow. I guess That's so. Cute. This is this is this is gonna be pretty. They're gonna treat this like playoff hockey because it is technically a playoffs, even though it's really I mean it's a uh, well, very watered down playoffs, but. Uh, you know, I think what's what's going to be good about this, and and even though you're, the games there in Irvine are are just at the Ducks facility there, they're not not with anybody in attendance other than media and scouts or whoever else may be there watching, no no fans. Um, certainly, the team that comes out of that is going to, get to come here to to Vegas, as you mentioned, and play the Henderson Silver Knights, where they will have some fans. They're probably their largest crowd if if uh, you know this weekend with fifty percent capacity. If if everybody that can come comes, um, but you know it's going to be. And it's a great opportunity for them to play. You know, we talked about how they may voted against, against this playoff, but you know, they, I think they must've did that in the beginning when maybe they didn't know what it was going to be like, but now kind of seeing where they are, they get a chance to play a few extra games and get a chance to, to have, to have that kind of ex- playoff experience, even you know, it is a watered down playoff, but um, it's just a, it's just good. And it gives, and it's, and it's really good for, for the silver Knights too, who got the top spot and they get to have a few extra games at the, at, at the Orleans and, Bakersfield gets to host a series this weekend against San Diego, so um, Bakersfield is just starting to allow some fans in there. So it'll be nice for their fans to have some games, more games that they can cheer their team on, and and help those teams out financially as well, and help the league too out to have. And I think it helps the AHL out as a whole to have yeah, some I... some playoff hockey, even though it's just a divisional playoff. But that the fact that this this division can pull that off because the travel isn't as bad, and they're able to have this kind of a format. I mean, the series are going to be short, three game series, all in one place even though they will alternate who's the home team. But, uh, but yeah, it's just going to be uh, – it's going to be – it is nice to have, have some sort of playoff, even if it's just this little division playoff and, that we're having.
1: And, you know, I think a couple of things come out of it. Uh, number one is uh, I think the hope was that they could get some revenue coming in. And as you mentioned, uh, there's certainly going to be some revenue coming in in Henderson slash the Orleans in Vegas and in Bakersfield with some fans being able to be in attendance. And then the more important part of it is, and, and Stephen, there was 19 scouts watching uh, yesterday uh, here in Irvine, and, and there was it was hard to get media and in. As a matter of fact, I got one credential, and I was lucky to get that, to be honest with you, because they're just when they spaced everybody out, there just wasn't enough space to do it. But um, those scouts are looking at these AHL players to see who's at, who's ready to move up, or who may be uh, in the trade block, or you know who could be going to uh, the uh, Seattle Kraken. I mean, there's a bunch of different things that could come out of this. So I think it's good for those players to be able to play. Uh, obviously we have a little more incentive because Colorado in our coverage area for this season, all of the teams will be in our coverage area next season, but, but also the fact that we get to watch Brinson and uh, Steen steam passionate play uh, for San Jose was a lot of fun for me. I was able to get some good pictures of them and, and kind of joke with them a little bit today about, uh, about them playing in this uh, play in game. And, uh, like I said, it's kind of a game show because the winner goes to Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that is, and I, I'm going awful. to Las Vegas anyway. Yeah, you're going to be you're going to be there anyway. Yeah,
3: you'll be, you'll be there right alongside me watching the games this weekend. But it's uh, it's uh, it's 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 it's, it's, it's exciting. I mean, any sort of playoff hockey is exciting. Um, it's, the intensity, as you said, uh, in that second game sounded like it was it was great. The first game, from what you said, wasn't wasn't all that. Um, I, I guess what you said, it was tentative in in, in how they were playing, but...
1: Yeah, it, it looked like they were, they were, you know, it was a 2-1 game, so it looked like they were kind of just playing not to not to get injured like you would expect, but boy, Colorado and Ontario, they threw the book right out the window. There was nobody playing not to get hurt there. They were physical, fast, and like I said, if you, uh, you want to watch a superstar in the making, well, mark down number 55 for the LA Kings next year, uh, Quentin Byfield, because he is everything and a bag of chips.
3: Well, that you know, you wonder that, and, you know, the game is tonight, between those that listen to this later, it'll already happen, but listening to us right at this moment, you know that the Colorado will now take on San Jose, and, and that you wonder, Colorado having to expel all this energy and overtime, a little bit of overtime to, to get to that game, and then San Jose winning, but sounds like maybe not having to use as much energy since they were playing so, maybe trying to play so safe, but um i don't know i could kind of see both ways i could see maybe san jose having the edge because they have maybe some more energy and now they 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 got through that first game and they have more energy but then you also have the other side where because they were tentative you can have colorado that's very physical and they're gonna have excitement and they're obviously want this and and uh so i don't i don't know which way it might end up going but uh i I think you can make a case for either team to have an advantage but you're there in person so you have a perspective
1: I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a one-goal game more than likely. And don't even utter those words overtime to me, because <laughs> everywhere I go, it's overtime. And last night, I was exhausted. Uh, to be honest with you, I could barely get back to my hotel. My eyes wanted to shut so bad, because I left at 5 a.m., and it was uh, uh, 11 o'clock when I was making my way back to the hotel. So thank goodness it's only about two and a half minutes away. Um Anyway, that kind of wraps it up. We'll get back to more club hockey again next week. Uh, I do want to thank Grace Butler, the um, media director slash coordinator for Arizona State Women's Hockey for joining us, especially on short notice. I was able to get a hold of her this afternoon, and I thought, you know what? That might be a good story to talk a little ASU Women's Hockey, and we'll do a lot more down the stretch. So we thank Grace for joining us. Stephen, take it away, and we'll say goodnight with a little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers De Niro.
3: Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey has presented Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Verizon Wireless, the 5G and 5G ultra-band for business that America has been waiting for. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey, big city feel, intimate setting, a first-class education, and a first-class hockey experience. Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars resort across the U.S. or worldwide. Roger Klein's owned Tequila, Ultra Smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to mexicanmoonshine.com to get your bottle today. By OxyPow, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPal.com. I know Scott's looking forward to this. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it, and he can't wait to eat some of that. By Summer Skates, summer's coming, and ice is going to need some help. Get your personalized koozies and more. Go to IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The University of Arizona, which is Paul Hornstein's favorite university of all time. By (laughs) M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. And by (laughs) Behind the Mask, in the net, up the ice, or in line. Serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. See us at BehindTheMask.com. He's probably going to kill me for that. <laughs> it's Maryville University oh, yeah. and Maryville oh, yeah. Hockey's Club Hockey or, Southwest or, Weekly the and Ice Time or. Hockey SW <laughs> Podcast are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Maryville University and Maryville Hockey is a part of the Ice Time HockeySW.com network. Maybe he stopped listening. I know he was listening earlier and was talking about how I was I really bringing it. He was really bringing it tonight. Well, I'm bringing it there at the end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He'll come back and get you. For those not uh, knowing the story, Paul Hornstein, a diehard Arizona State alum. No, so, he... uh, we'll say goodnight with a little uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro. I will shout out Roger and say that uh, Circus Mexicus is coming back. It's going to be down in, um, in Rocky Point. Uh, mid-June, so get your tickets for Circus Mexicus. Get down and see Roger and the uh, the band and and cheer them on as they get back to some more live uh, concerts. So, good night, everybody.
3: Be safe, everyone. We'll talk to you next week.